What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres enter the All-Star break, winning two straight after their 5-2 victory over San Jose on Saturday to wrap up their West Coast road trip. The Sabres erased a 2-0 deficit in this one as UPL made 23 saves in another solid effort. However, this win came with a significant cost as Jack Quinn needed to be helped off the ice with an apparent leg injury. Taylor, before we get into the big picture conversation about the Sabres heading into the All-Star break, let's talk about Jack Quinn first. Specifically, let's talk about his importance to this team and what it means if this injury is long-term, which we are really, really hoping it's not. It's it's just brutal. It's uh, Obviously, he missed the first 30 or more games with his Achilles injury, and but he, he showed up uh, earlier this month, about a month ago, and looked dynamite from the start. Like He scored, I believe, in his first few games. He looked like the offensive presence he was last year. Great four-checker, just really solid all the way around. And he was playing well with Paterka too. And yeah, for this to happen, it's just, it's extremely frustrating. I think if it's not crazy serious, this is the best time to get hurt because the Sabres aren't playing for nine or 10 days. But I think it's going to be a lot more serious than that. And I just hope we get to see him again before the season's over. Couldn't agree more. I mean, he has been just such an integral part of this Sabres forward group and has given them a spark that they sorely needed obviously this team is still underperforming relative to expectations relative to the talent on the roster but I don't think it's a coincidence that they have looked a lot better as a team since Jack Quinn has come back into the fold now that's not all to say that it's just solely on Jack Quinn that this team as the forward group has looked a little bit better but I do think it's a testament to how he plays when he's out there, what he gives them at five on five, as we're starting to see, he's getting more opportunities on the power play here, but really he is just a solid five on five, 200 foot presence for this team. And it has really be- began to blossom into a-, a pretty special player before this season. We had talked a, a ton about how this year we're going to be pretty, was going to be pretty pivotal for both him and JJ Paterka expecting them to take steps similar to what we saw out of like Dylan cousins last year, or even Tage a couple of years back uh, to, to a lesser degree, I would say probably from Tage, but like similar to cousins last year, where you really start to see the finishing touch come into play. The game gets rounded out a bit more for them. They start to play more at the pace of the NHL level and being able to, to keep up and thrive and excel, I should say for that matter. And in the short time, just the 17 games that we had gotten out of Jack Quinn since he had come back, it really felt like, okay, you know what? He missed this for the first 30 games here, but he's picking up where we were hoping he was going to, where he left off at the end of last year when he looked so impressive for this team. And so again, I mean, it is just about as deflating of an injury as you could ask for in the forward group. Uh, the very few guys I would say going down really take the wind out of the sails of of the forward group in the season as they would with with Jack Quinn going down here. So it's really really unfortunate. But as we mentioned there, Taylor, you said it yourself. It's a good time if there is ever a good time, I suppose, to be injured. It is right before the All Star break. And with that being said, the Sabres today sent down Devin Levi and recalled Eric Comrie. This is a move that sends Levi to Rochester to get him some games and some playing time during this All Star break, which I think is a no brainer for the Sabres. I think as much as they can get Levi starts while he's down there, they they should be doing so. And ultimately depending on what happens with the Quinn injury and just really how they're feeling about this season. I doubt that this is what ends up happening, 
But I think they should take a, a long, hard look at keeping Levi in Rochester for the foreseeable future. So Taylor, give me your thoughts on the Sabres sending down Levi, obviously in the short term, but what you think they should do in the long term with him as well. And the long term being the rest of the season. Yeah, I think for now he should be in Rochester. Unless it turns out that Eric Comrie is just pat patently unplayable, just that he's has like a 750 save percentage or something like that. Because I, I think you you really should be thinking of his development, but also the future in general, because they don't have a good look at the playoffs. They have a pretty terrible one, honestly. So I think I would prefer if Levi just stays down there and gets things figured out. It's it's where 21 and 22-year-old goalies belong in the AHL. So I think that should be the move. And frankly, the fact that they keep trying to make this work, I think they're being wildly unrealistic. I'm not sure this is something that I think would work next year, for example. I think – you really got to consider him playing a full year down there next year, or at least part of a year down there and go out and get someone else to play with UPL. It's something that has to be taken into consideration. I think it speaks to the big picture that the front office needs to be serious about addressing the goaltending situation in the short term. It's been a revelation how well UPL has played over this last stretch. And that gives the Sabres the luxury of being able to send Levi down with confidence with how good UPL has looked on a night-to-night basis. Even in losses, UPL, I think, has looked pretty solid over this last stretch here. It's kind of a gift you're getting. And UPL playing as well as he has been, Comrie has looked very good at the AHL level and conceivably has earned the right to at least get another crack at things up, up here after you know, writing things, uh, writing the ship a little bit for himself personally this season down there. And for Levi, again, you're not going to have to worry about going these long gaps in between starts for him, you know, and for what it's worth too. I mean, for the Sabres to try and get back in this thing, they should ride their hot goalie in UPL here. And so if you're going to do that, that just takes away from what Levi's development is. Now, obviously there's benefits to having Levi up, and traveling with the team, being with the club, being around the guys, practicing day-to-day at the NHL level. But what's really going to aid in his development more than anything else, certainly more than the things that I just mentioned, is him getting game action and being a guy for a team, You know, being able to be leaned on to work out the kinks in his game and the things that he needs to improve on. And, of course, a lot of that comes from practice, but the application portion of it is – done in games and so i'm glad they're sending him down now it's it's absolutely the right move for them to do i think it's it's a no-brainer of course but i'm excited to see how levi is going to do in this upcoming stretch that being said taylor unless you have anything else you want to add on that with levi i think we can maybe talk a little bit about where the sabers are at right now and how this season has gone throughout this season i feel like compared to past years we have talked about things on an episode-to-episode basis much more in terms of the big picture as compared to kind of analyzing things from like a game-to-game kind of perspective. And that's in large part, if not solely due to the fact that this team is underperforming to the degree that they are in terms of wins and losses. And so, and in plenty of facets of the game, of course. This team is such a pendulum in terms of like, they're going to win two in a row. They're going to lose two in a row. They're going to win one and lose one right away. Like they just, they don't go really on streaks one way or the other here. So 
as it stands right now, Taylor, the Sabres, of course, are on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff conversation right now. They sit fourth last in the Eastern Conference. They have the tiebreaker over Montreal right now. They are 22, 23, and four and 49 games played. They're back nine points from Detroit for that second wild card spot who's sitting there with 57 points and 49 games played. Taylor, it's no secret that this season obviously has been a disappointment for the Sabres, but people oftentimes, even though it's not technically the halfway point of the season, look at the All-Star game as the quote-unquote halfway point here. So as we're now in the All-Star break, what do you make of this Sabres season? And are you out on them making the playoffs this year? Do you think there's a, a sliver of hope that they're able to get back into this thing? Or do you think that the season is pretty much written itself at this point? Yeah, no, I don't think so at all. I think that, yeah, I think they're done in that regard. Uh, I think it's an interesting thing that coming into the season, if I said, hey, UPL is going to take the starting job basically and have a 908 save percentage, you would say, wow, playoffs easily? Definitely. That's what we would have thought last year. If UPL had a 908 last year, uh, they would have been a playoff team, no doubt. They would have been, I mean, I don't even, I don't, they might have been really challenged Tampa for third in the division. So, it's uh, it's disappointing that that's exactly the same percentage he has, and they're that bad. Uh, and in fact, I saw another stat recently that their five on five expected goal share was forty nine percent last year, and this year it's fifty two, meaning that they've gotten better at five on five more or less. I believe that was Cav N T Ryder, right? Yeah, yeah. It it's a just a kind of a, a stunning thing, but I think. Because of how bad it is, it, it almost undersells uh, how good, I guess, and how encouraging UPL is. So if we want to be positive first, UPL 908, that's good. It's not great, obviously, but just he's in the top half of guys that I would consider starters. And this kind of surprised me. He's only 0.01% behind Ilya Sorokin, many consider to be the best goalie in the world. He is he has a better save percentage than Carter Hart, UC Saros. Jake Ottinger, Andre Vasilevsky, Igor Shosturkin. Better than all those guys. It's, if I would have said that in October, everyone would be like, oh, my God, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. UPL has a better save percentage than all those guys. And it hasn't really mattered. And you know what the reason is? Beyond everything else, I mean, there's a lot of things we've complained about here all year. You know what the reason is? It's because they were like the sixth best power play last year, and now they're like 28th. I know those are both estimates, but they were – they converted on 23.4% of their power play opportunities last year. This year, it's like 14%. That accounts for dozens of goals. That's the difference for, between like 92-point team and an 82-point team. Now, you could say, hey, that we're expecting a lot more improvement in a lot of areas. And I would agree. There's, you know, Cousins, Darlene, Tage isn't having a great year like compared to last year. Tuck. But a lot of this comes down to special teams and particularly the power play. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what to say about that. It's, it's, it's insane that they literally, they've not changed anything about the power play. They haven't, uh, made any drastic changes despite how bad it looks. It's a concern. And that's more or less the story of the season. hundred percent. So further your point on UPL too. I mean, that's incredible seeing, how he's comparing to that upper echelon of goalies. That being said, a lot of those guys who you mentioned also are by their own standards having down years this year. But to further the point about being comfortable with sending Levi down in favor of Comrie and letting Levi cook down there, 
UPL in his last six games, Taylor has a 943 save percentage. He's three and three wow. in that span, but he is at a 943 save percentage. Come on. Impressive. You can absolutely it is. You can confidently send down Levi, get a ton of starts, just eat up minutes there, be on a good competitive team, adapt to the game more. And like we said, round out the parts of his game that clearly need some work right now and need some refinement. There's really, you know, they're not in this bind here where they're just so reliant on him. And to be fair, as we've talked about, putting him in that kind of a position in the first place isn't even fair to do for a player of his age, for his development, or for the team that has real playoff expectations here. So it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to shake out, what they're going to end up doing with him. But I do want to go back to your main point there, which is that you think that the Sabres are dead pretty much, right? I would agree you i think that it was great that they were able to end that west coast road trip with a pair of wins but as we said before as has been the case all year and will continue to be the case this team needs to at least win five in a row for them to be taken seriously in any capacity you know as i had mentioned in my uh a couple of minutes ago where it's like this team has not been able to at any point go on a streak and for good or bad for that matter but Let's just look back through the past month. They won their last two, then they lost two before that. Then before that, they won two. Then they lost one, win, and then another loss, and then they win two and there. I mean, it's just this constant back and forth here that they can't seem to find any sense of consistency. And when you combine the lack of consistency with the fact that in the times where they are not looking consistent and when they're losing these games, how disjointed and confused and the lack of chemistry that we're seeing in the on-ice product there, it's hard to have a lot of faith in them in that sense. And so with that being said, Taylor, for the Sabres to actually get back into this thing, aside from the fact of the big picture of having to go on a run, like winning five, six, seven games in a row in terms of the micro on ice product itself. What do you need to see from this team to feel better about their prospects of being a legitimate playoff team this year? A 10 game win streak or something. I don't know. No, I'm saying aside from that, like what do you need to see in the on ice component? What? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I misunderstood that. I think, well, it starts with the power play. Like I said before, Uh, that's one of the big reasons their offense is taking such a step back. And it's, it's one of the big reasons why Tage's numbers have been so much worse. So getting that figured out, changing whatever they're doing, admitting defeat on whatever this system is supposed to be, that's one. I think on the ice also they have to, like we've said multiple times, understand that they're a an offense-first team, that they should be playing off the rush, that they should live with the fact that there are going to be some turnovers and some mistakes. Because if you try to sacrifice offense for defense and you're not a good defensive team, what you end up with is having neither. So – there's a little bit of that. Uh, keep playing UPL 60, 65% of games. Uh, and then it, some of this is kind of simple. They need their guys to be their guys. They need Darlene to be the guy they're paying him to be. They need Owen Power to get better. They need Casey Middlestat to, you know, kind of keep keep up what he's doing. But they, they, uh, they're they going to need Tuck to – well, Tuck's fine. Actually, I don't want to throw Tuck under the bus. But they're going to need Cousins to keep playing like he has the last few games and not like he did for the first couple months. Uh, just things like that, I think. And also, uh, worth noting, just over 10 years ago, the Sabres beat the Sharks and Kings in back-to-back games. And you know what they did right after that? 
What's that? They fired their coach. Mm. It's true. That really happened. It was those yep. two exact teams. Uh, and they brought in Brendan's favorite coach uh, and pros icon, Ted Nolan. And one of my favorite players, who I think Brendan kind of likes too, Pat LaFontaine. Yeah, so, does. I mean, that wasn't great. Do better than that. But, <laughs> hey, it's an idea. It sure is something. I mean, just give me some life here. That's really it. I, I, I'm a, yeah. I'm totally with you on your breakdown there of what needs to change for this team, for them to actually get serious and, and just have this season mean anything. You know, it's at the point now that anything short of making the playoffs is a failure. It's just, it's, it means this season was not a success, which as a quick side note, I know we have intentionally not talked about the bills, but I have wanted to rip my hair out seeing people online trying to, I don't necessarily think they were trying to rationalize anything, but essentially making the point that even though the bills lost that this season shouldn't be deemed a failure. It doesn't have to be deemed a failure. And it's like, what do you, what do you play sports for? What are the, what are these guys competing for that? Like, give me a goddamn break. And obviously have two very different situations when it comes to the bills and the Sabres here. But when you have the longest drought in the history of the sport, when you have gotten as close as you have been in over 10 years to making it, when you were one point away from sneaking into the playoffs ahead of the team that ended up going to the to the Stanley Cup last year. And you in turn do nothing about it because you think that the way to keep moving forward with the plan is this internal development plan. And then that falls back on your face. That's a failure. That is absolutely a failure here. So in addition to all of the on the ice products uh, comments there, for me, I'm just like, let's get this front office just operating like they have a pulse something here i mean you we, we're seeing eric johnson's name is being brought up increasingly in terms of uh you know the trade deadline and him being a potential target i think that that's really good news for the sabers i think that a lot of that interest is definitely based on reputation but that being said a lot of the interest is also based on the fact that we see every single year right shot defensemen go for much more than what you would perceive their value to be. Now I'm at the point with the Sabres that I have no real interest in them like acquiring picks. So if you were to tell me like we could get Eric Johnson for a second rounder, I would say that's good in terms of the fact that you're getting more in return for him than what his true value is. That being said, though, that second should then be turned around and used as another trade chip to go and make a move like, for example, how Colorado used a second to go and get Ross Colton in the offseason last year. Something yeah. like that. Additionally, I do want to bring up uh, something after we hear from our a word from our sponsor. But in addition to the front office showing signs of life, there is a guy that I think they need to absolutely be the lead team on trying to go after right now that may be on the market. So before we get to that, though, let's hear a word from DraftKings Sportsbook. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. And folks, 
how fun is it to bet on the Super Bowl? There's so much. It's not just about the spread or the money line or like, hey, who's favored, the over-under. It's everything uh, from little individual prop bets like, well, we don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl yet. But say, for example, is I, I, Isaiah Pacheco or, you know, that other guy, Pat Mahomes, I think his name is. Uh, you know, the fellow with uh, sounds like Kermit doing. Oh, a, no, or sorry, no. sounds like Kenny Powers doing a Kermit impression. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's his name. Kind of reminds me of the New York Mets for some reason. Anyway, so much uh, of those. But also, hey, how long is the national anthem going to be? How long is the halftime show? Gonna be? What's going to be played at the halftime show? What color is the Gatorade? Oh, my God. So many things you can bet on. And you got to bet on them by downloading the DraftKings Draft Sportsbook app now and using promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, but age will vary by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football terms. Sorry, slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're back. We're back, folks. We are so back. And Taylor, I have somebody that I 1 million percent think that the Sabres, I don't want to go as far to say need to be in on, but they like need to be in on. And that is David Yurasek of the Columbus Blue Jackets. A lot of drama right now surrounding Yurasek. He was the sixth overall pick in the 2022 entry draft. And there's been some drama here, Taylor. I don't know if you saw any of his comments, but in an article... In an article in The Athletic, Urasek was commented as saying, due to the fact that he has been a bit of a fringe NHL player this year and has been bouncing back and forth between the NHL and, and Cleveland, Columbus's AHL affiliate, uh, Columbus obviously not having the best year this year. They have a defense that has a lot of money invested, you know, in terms of their blue line. When you look at Warinsky, they have Provorov, uh, Damon Severson, uh, a lot of money invested there. However, not really a whole lot of results to back it up. Provorov has not worked out as planned. Severson, I think, has been fine for them. Uh, and then otherwise, you have some more down the lineup guys there too. Jake Bean, uh, I believe he was a former first round pick, but has really kind of fallen off there a bit. Is playing, and I think a bottom pair role for them. Eric Good Branson is there. Um, yeah, I know. Don't love that. But anyways, though, Urasek again, a guy very highly touted, a right shot defenseman, which I think is key with all of this as well. Here's what the full quote is. Quote, I played good hockey in the NHL. I'm an NHL player right now. That's my opinion, that I should be in the NHL right now. I see guys from the same draft like Simon Nemec and Korchinski. They get a chance on the power play. They play a ton of minutes in the NHL. Those are different teams, so different situations, but I can compare with them. I just want a chance to play like that. They told me the last game was not good enough for me. I told them, I don't think so, but that's your opinion. I was out of the lineup after that a whole month now. It feels like I haven't played. And uh, Aaron Port's line of The Athletic added that there was, quote, concern that Urasek would decline to report to Cleveland, the Blue Jackets AHL affiliate. So interesting stuff. Also, I pulled some of those quotes both from the article, but the CBJ Center uh, on Twitter, they had a, a good breakdown of that and a good thread there. So thank you to those guys for that. But Taylor, 
Yurisek, like I said, fits the profile there. He is a right shot defenseman, sixth overall pick in that 2022 draft. 6'3 defenseman, so he fits the big boy profile very well. And he's the kind of guy that it feels like Columbus is just a bit of a mess right now. They have all this money invested in the blue line, and it's blocking young guys like him from being able to get a real long-term shot there to be put in positions to succeed, maybe getting some power play time. The Sabres, I know, of course, we have Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power here, but there's a lot of questions behind them, uh, you know, behind them when it comes to the rest of the breakdown of the blue line here. Sabres are in a unique position that they have a lot of forward talent in terms of their prospect pipeline. They have all of their picks coming up. It feels like they're a team that could be a perfect match with Columbus to make a move for a guy like Yurisek, where you're able to give up a highly touted young player in return. Maybe it's uh Rosean in a pick. Maybe it's Savoy. Maybe it's Kulik. And you go out and you make a move for a guy like this, who really seems like they will very, they're pretty much on the precipice of being a very good NHL player. You know, we're talking about this year being a wash potentially and them really not having any real shot at the playoffs. What if you go out and you make this good investment in your blue line and a young right shot defenseman who is as highly touted as Yurisek is and allow him to gain some chemistry with the guys down the stretch here. See if he fits as a partner with either power or Darlene, give him the opportunities there, maybe give him a little bit of an opportunity on the second power play unit, something to go out there though, but you're giving him consistent top four minutes in exchange for one of those younger guys, maybe you throw a pick in as well if that's what's needed to get over, get it across the uh, across the goal line there. If it's the case of like a Rosean or something like that, but give me your thoughts on this, Taylor. Do you think that Urasek fits the bill of a guy that the Sabers should be trying to go after right now, or do you think it should be more so of the the veteran variety? Well, there's no reason you have to put yourself in a box, but yeah, I like the idea of making a move if that's a possibility. I do. I have to shout out Columbus. Uh, people are saying the most normal NHL franchise, Yarmo uh, Kekalainen, Mr. Too Damn Competent. Everything's going cool as shit over there. Everything's super smooth. Love it for you guys. Thank you. Uh, the Sabres might not be the biggest embarrassment in the NHL. Love it. As far as this actual move goes, yeah, I like the way you laid it out there. I think I would, if the price is right, yeah, pull the trigger on that move. Absolutely. Uh, you you need to do something different on defense, and it's not it's not a matter of getting like a whole new blue line. It's it's you need one more guy in the top four, a guy that belongs in the top four, and having a guy that's young like Power and uh, youngish like Darlene, it to grow with them over the years. That's a really appealing move. I mean, I think I could go after a veteran too. Obviously, like you you mentioned there, he hasn't played much in the NHL this year, and that's kind of a concern, but. It's also his draft. Is this his draft plus two season, right? Because you said mm-hmm. he was drafted in 2022. So I don't think that's the biggest concern in the world. I, I, for example, our our guys from that draft have not played in the NHL. Savoy was taken three picks later, I think. Yep. So do you want to hear? Yeah, you, I'm interested. Do you want to hear the absolutely insane response that Blue Jackets head coach Pascal Vincent had to all of this? Yeah. And he's a real guy, by the way. He's not made up. Yeah. He is a, a real human being, not so, AI generated. As we're talking about this impatience here with Yurisek wanting to be in the NHL full-time, this is what his quote was. I swear to God, this is actually real. He said, quote, I told him, don't lose that. We want that from you. That part of his game, his confidence, is a reflection of how he plays. He has some swagger about him. I get it. My daughter wants her own car. She's 13 years old. It's the Amazon effect. Everybody wants it now. 
What? Yeah. <laughs> he compared. That's not a good comparison. His sixth overall pick, right shot defenseman, to his 13 year old daughter wanting a car and called it the Amazon effect. That you want something right now is, is basically what he's saying. Well, here's the thing, Pascal. Uh, I don't know if we need to have some software upgrades here, but it's worth mentioning that it's quite illegal for a 13 year old to drive a car, whereas it's perfectly legal for a 20-year-old recent top 10 pick to play in the NHL and get power play time. Some would say even sensible, mm. considering the team's record this year. Mm. <laughs> I could not team. believe that. I just... Oh, man. I was laughing reading that. I generated, but now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we sure this is a real guy? No, I mean, <clears throat> back to my point, though, that I made prior to the ad read there and, and tying it in with Uris. Like, yeah, really, for me, it's like... Show some signs of life here. I'm not expecting some ginormous swing for the fences kind of move right now because that's not practical. But going out and getting a, a doing a, a move to the level of getting a guy like Yurisak, uh, you know, a, a recent high end pick who's just not in a good situation, who fits the bill for what you need in your situation, or you do go out and try and get a, a legitimate addition to the top four, like show me some signs of life here that you actually do believe in this team. You believe in wanting to make a run with them that you believe that it's worthwhile to, to make those investments. And I think more than that too, just showing me that and showing all of us, I should say that your entire plan for this team in the short and long term is just to ride out the development wave. Like you need to get some external reinforcements here. And Urasek is a perfect example of a guy that would work so well in that Buffalo blue line. And there's other guys as well. I mean, you can just look at like, so I know the move that we had talked about a lot last year, obviously it's not working out so well, but a move like, for example, like the PLD trade. Now I'm not saying that the Sabres are the ones making that in the sense that they are acquiring the PLD type player, even though I think an off season move where they are getting the best player in the deal is something that they absolutely should be looking for and in consideration of, but are you able to potentially, and again, this is all dependent on how contract negotiations go with Casey Middlestat, because I'm not jumping at the idea of trading him, but like, if you feel like he's going to be, he's going to price you out, make that deal from the Winnipeg side and the fact that Winnipeg was able to get a bunch of assets. They get a, a really good young player and a Gabe and Gabriel Velarde who has excelled with them thus far. You're getting a, a couple of pieces there that are going to be able to help you either now or in the very, very soon to be future. Just show me something here. Show me that there's a plan. Cause ultimately, again, you're going to be faced with a lot of tough decisions this upcoming off season. If, you're just going to sit there and not do anything with the fact that you have all of this draft capital, you have all of these young prospects to work with, and you're just going to let these, you know, whether it's a lottery ticket, you want to call it or, or whatever, let these, these pieces for you just deteriorate in value by not doing anything with them. Yeah. I, it's kind of the same conversation we've had a lot though, but you know, you can't have all these guys. So you need, you need this to be the right mix. When you have teams that succeed and are long-term playoff contenders, they're built by a combination of the draft, especially at the top of the draft, making smart trades and smart signings. And 
part of that is you have to have some kind of willingness to to let go of these guys, to let go of different prospects. I mean, you literally can't keep them all anyway. So I I I think there has to be some level of aggression here. Because the thing is with that, if you don't, then you never have a timeline that really matches up. Because looking at the Sabres now, if this was the season I wanted it to be, or closer to the season I wanted it to be, let's just say you make one big change to this season, and it's just that the power play is actually at 20% and not 14 right? Well, the Sabres would be in the playoff mix if that was the case. They might not be in a spot right now, but they'd be in the mix. Well, we would be looking at that point. I would, we'd just be excited to be in the mix, I guess, and making the playoffs as his own accomplishment. But you get to the end of it and you go, hmm, this is interesting. The top line is two guys who are in their late 20s and one guy in his early 30s. And you have young defensemen and Dolly and Power, but Power especially is very young. I think he's 21. And you have like Quinn, Paterka, Benson, Kulik, all these guys, Savoy, Osland, all of them that are super young. They have a different timeline than the top line. So I think you'd have to, looking at that situation, kind of ask yourself, like, how are we going to make this work? How can we make these timelines converge? And the answer would be getting more veterans. Uh, it would be making a trade involving one of those young guys. Couldn't agree more. As we're talking about trades, I just wanted to get us both a little bit sad here, but also happy for the player. But man, Sam Reinhardt has just been on an absolute tear this season. Not only Taylor does Sam Reinhardt have 62 points in 49 games, including 37 goals already this year. <laughs> Did you know That's that amazing. he two things here? One has recorded a point in every single game since the calendar turned to 2024. Oh my God, that's that's crazy. And then well, on top games. of that, he has been an absolute beast on the power play this year. Taylor, Sam Reinhardt has 20 power play goals. That is more than the Pittsburgh Penguins, or excuse me, it's tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Buffalo Sabres, and San Jose Sharks, and is more than the Washington Capitals and Chicago Blackhawks all have as a team this year. <laughs> this is unbelievable. What an insane run he's on right now. Panthers are now sitting in that second place spot in the Atlantic division. Thanks to Reinhardt's just otherworldly season he's having right now. Wow. That's insane. 37 goals easily on pace for 50. I never thought we'd see a 50 goal Sam Reinhardt season. Unfortunately not on pace to win the art Ross or sorry, the rocket Richard. He's not on pace to win either for my guess, but yeah. Austin Matthews on pace for 70 goals. Unfortunately. Freak stuff right there. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, thoughts you'd like to share? Anything NHL related or Sabres related, Taylor? Uh, not really. Nice to have a little break. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's what's really great is that we can, you know, we'll have a quick one today, but we have a great episode coming up on Thursday as we are beyond psyched to welcome back former Sabres defenseman Doug Bodger to the podcast. We are going to have a nice, long, wide-ranging discussion with Doug on Thursday's episode. More of the same of our previous interviews with him. We're going to be talking about his time as a Sabre, his NHL career as a whole, what he's been up to lately. Obviously, uh, in his post-NHL life, he's been involved quite a bit with coaching as well. So really excited to hear from Doug, get his sense on how this Sabres team is doing this year and just what he's been up to lately and to, and to hear some stories as well. It's one of those episodes where it's just so great to just like 
we fire a question out and we just sit back and let him do the rest because he's a great interview. So make sure you're tuning in on Thursday, everybody. It's going to be great. Taylor, before we sign off, do you have any recommendations that you'd like to share? Uh, I would like to, yeah, I thought I did. Oh, yeah, I watched for the first time in a while recently. It was Fargo, the movie Fargo. Coen okay. Brothers classic. Folks, what a picture. One of my favorite crime movies ever. Also hilarious, poignant, great performances. Frances McDormand kills it. Great movie. And I think it's on, I watched it on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. There we go. Love that. All right, I'm going to do a song recommendation. So tying it in with a little bit of self-promotion here. But for anybody who's a fan of 2000s alt-rock or indie rock music, on February 9th, my cover band Slow Animals is going to be playing at Buffalo Ironworks. Really cool show. We're going to be covering two albums in full, both the Strokes debut album and Arctic Monkeys debut album. And our friends from Time to Pretend, if you're familiar with the local band Humble Braggers, uh, some of those guys from that band and some of their pals, they do a cover group called Time to Pretend. They're going to be opening up the show with the Killers debut album. So three of the best, not only debut albums, but just straight up albums of the 2000s being performed in one night. Buffalo Ironworks, February 9th. If you head to Buffalo Ironworks website right now, you can go pick up tickets for that. But I'm going to pick one from the Arctic Monkeys debut album, which is titled Whatever People Say I Am. That's what I'm not. And then I'm going to go with the deep cut for this one. Uh, it's a song that I think you had kind of talked about when we did our our trade. Uh, you gave me a movie. I gave you an album to to listen to. You had made a comment to me about how it was funny with Arctic Monkeys that they have like very much that 2000s very long song title thing that like bands oh, like yeah. Outboy and like Panic at the Disco used to always do. And so I'm going to go with the song, perhaps Vampire is a bit strong, but Ellipses. And I'm going to go with that one because we've been playing that a lot lately with just getting ready for the show. And I think it's really cool. There's a really cool outro in the song that it almost sounds like this like bond theme in a way, or it's like from like an action spy movie, this like guitar solo outro in it. Um, I, I just, I think it's so goddamn cool. And every time I hear that song, I'm like, Arctic monkeys would actually be a great band to do a bond theme, which I think mm. would be kind of cool maybe for the future. I know they're talking about whoever they're going to cast for the next one. Now that Daniel Craig has moved on. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent, I think, of Arctic Monkeys to do a Bond theme because I think they would really, really kill it with that. I agree, but I feel like the people that do Bond themes these days are just significantly more famous. I mean, they're pretty famous. And yeah, they're British. That, that's, actually, that should help. That should help them. Like, But for example, like I think the two most recent ones were Adele and Billie Eilish. Yeah. So they've got, so I don't know, maybe you go back to British, you go with them. Yeah. I mean, and also to be fair too, like, even though they are very famous here, they are considerably more famous, like in the UK. Yeah. So, so is James Bond. It's kind of crazy. Mm. Um, his, every James Bond movie in the UK is like, uh, I don't know, Titanic <laughs> in America. It's insane. The, there's the percentage of their box office in a given year that goes to James Bond crazy wow who do you want to see be the next james bond do you have any but do you have an opinion on the matter not really because i don't like james bond movies mm. uh, i think that we have our a better superior series in mission impossible in america mm. um, that's an unpopular opinion and also it doesn't get passed down <laughs> wow, that, that is it yeah it is <laughs> um uh but yeah it's uh 
uh, you know, there's been interesting ones. People have talked about Idris Elba. He's not a young guy. No, and they want to go young, right? They usually, I mean, you want someone to do it for 15 years or more. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Who I want to see do it, who I think would be good. And this is probably, I don't know if this would necessarily be a good choice or not, but I just like him a lot as an actor. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Hmm. That might be good. Be yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah, that could be. Hmm. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to share before we sign off, Taylor? Uh, well, two years in a row, we're recording while the Chiefs are winning the AFC championship. All right. Well, that makes me unbelievably sad, but in any event, we're going to ignore that and we're just going to focus on our big, beautiful hockey team that never strays us down the wrong path. Oh, God. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and make sure you're following both the Charging Buffalo and the Hockey Podcast Network on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. And make sure before you close out of this app, whatever you're using to listen to this episode of Straight Up Sabres, you are either following or subscribe to us and we'd appreciate it if you left us a nice rating or review last but not least we have our wonderful sponsors who we just oh we love them so dearly folks that would be DraftKings sportsbook using that promo code thpn at checkout will help you take advantage of great deals so make sure you jump on that and with that being said everybody we will be back with a brand new episode featuring doug bodger on thursday so make sure you're tuning in but in the meantime have a great start to your week this has been straight up sabers Save.